If you listen to this podcast and find anything at all valuable, make sure you take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at Junior so I can see it and repost that to my story. Also, if you have any questions or inquiries about what you want me to speak about on this podcast, I want to know. Message me at Junior and I'll be sure to get back. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Inspiring Young Aspirers podcast. Welcome to the Inspiring Young Aspirers podcast. I'm your host, Billy Garten Jr., a 21-year-old entrepreneur and professional athlete. On this podcast, we'll be interviewing some of the most successful world leaders in their space in both business and sport. People who've amassed success, wealth, abundance, and most importantly, happiness, often after fighting incredible adversity. The hope is that through this podcast, we're not just going to inspire you or motivate you, but rather through the tips and hints that my guests share, spur you into action. If you're young and motivated, join me on this journey as we ignite the passion through some of the world's most inspiring stories. You know, when you wake up every day knowing exactly what you're striving for, nothing can stop you. Starting out my podcast, it was fundamental to me that I make it as professional as possible. And I could not do that without the help of podcast backdrops. Make sure you check out podcast backdrops on Instagram and put in the code BillyGarten to receive a special discount. Now let's dive into the episode. What does does it mean to you to be the the hero of your your own story? story? You know, know, I I believe there's no greater greater achievement in life than than a complete complete life transformation. And And today, today, we are are speaking speaking to somebody who has achieved exactly that. that. Megan Megan Gallagher is a two-time TED Talk speaker. She's a number one best-selling author. She's a mental health advocate for teenagers. And she's a motivational speaker. But it didn't all start that way. Struggling with massive anticipatory anxiety, over 20 panic attacks a day, she considered herself a prisoner to her own mind. And since breaking free, she has dedicated her life to educating the younger generation on anxiety, controlling your mind, and how your mind can shape your reality. So Megan, we could not be more excited to have you today. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much, Billy, for that wonderful introduction. I am so excited to be here. <laughs> well, I'm glad, Megan. So let's start off. I, wanna, I really like starting off with the general point of view and diving deep into things. In your point of view, Megan, from your understanding, from everything you went through, how would you define anxiety? Well, honestly, you know, I think anxiety is just thinking too many thoughts at once. I think anxiety is just feeling overwhelmed, feeling constantly on edge, like the worst possible thing is about to happen. And You know, some people experience anxiety once or twice in their life, maybe, you know, before a first date or before taking a test, like something where it's normal and natural to feel the nerves. But for a lot of people, including myself, 
we can feel chronic daily anxiety and we can get anxious over things, you know, as simple as like going to the grocery store or watching a movie. Like it just, it makes every day feel like an uphill battle and like you're preparing for war because you know, you're trying to get tasks done and you're trying to show up in your life as a productive parent or a sister, brother, friend, and you're trying to just be as normal and functioning and get as many things done as you can. But anxiety just makes that really challenging to try to do your best job, but also, you know, to like appear normal because you don't want other people to think, oh, what's wrong with Megan? You know, she's just is biting her nails a lot or like picking at her hair or something. So it's like a constant, you know, you're looking at yourself from outside yourself and just making sure that you appear normal. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a long journey. Yeah. I think it's fascinating that you said there about convincing yourself that you are normal. And I think it's a topic that so many people brush off especially in this day and age it's like you can't have anxiety or because it shows up in so many different forms it can be it can become a point of talk where it's oh you're convincing yourself and other people are convincing you that you maybe don't have it or or you have something else or it's just you feeling scared when in reality it's something that people like yourself and and like I did for for years as well you can't diagnose it and so what would you say to somebody who maybe is feeling these pressures what are the the onsets of it and how can you notice it and what do you do to sort of realize that this is a real thing well i think the first step is just kind of tuning inwards and to me you know it's like if you've never in your whole life done therapy or meditation or just taking the time to kind of reflect and really self-awareness it's important to do that because that step number one is becoming self-aware of who you are, what kind of thoughts you're thinking on a daily basis, what are your routines, you know, right when you wake up, from that time to when you go to bed, what does your day look like? Like, are you eating healthy meals? Are you exercising? Are you staring at your phone all day long? And just checking in with your feelings, because it's really important to remember that our thoughts create our feelings. So, you know, it's like a two for one package at the grocery store. You can buy, you know, shampoo conditioner for the price of one bottle of shampoo. It's the same thing. You know, it's like our thoughts, it, they always come together. So we have to remember kind of like, you know, the drink responsibly slogan for vodka. It's like, think responsibly, like <laughs> trademark, but like, you know what I mean? Like we have to, we have to think responsibly. We have to, be aware of every single thought we are thinking, it's going to have a ripple effect. It's going to create a chemical physical response in our body. So I would say step one, being aware of your thoughts and what's going on inside. Step two is making changes in your life. It's actually, you know, putting away your phone an hour or two hours before you go to bed, buying a book on Amazon, like making the changes throwing out the junk food, putting in healthy food, um, you know, maybe not drinking as much caffeine or not drinking as much alcohol, just noticing and starting to dive a little deeper and think, well, what are my triggers? And then actually taking action. And third, I would say is just being kind to yourself and knowing that, you know, 
every single person on this planet is different. Their mind works differently. Some people get worked up and anxious over certain things. Meanwhile, other people, they just don't care. You know, they don't have that um, genetic kind of predisposition part of their mind. So I think it's important to just be kind to yourself and know that it may happen overnight. It may not happen overnight. Like it could be a lifelong journey where you every day are constantly, you know, learning how can I better myself and how can I do better? Mm -hmm. And in a world, Megan, that is so full of this outside influence, especially on social media, especially in digital marketing, where the idea of anxiety doesn't just go in front of people. It's not about relationships in front of people. So much of it is about social media. And so what I'm fascinated by is for someone like yourself who now has this big social media presence, who's a TEDx talker, who is who speaks on stages in front of hundreds of thousands of people. What are the keys for you that make you get past the fear of doing that, but also being open and accepting to other people that this is your story, this is what you had, and almost not caring about the judgment of other people anymore? Yeah, well, I would say one... I mean, I've been doing, you know, therapy and meditation and breath work for as long as I can remember. I, I started seeing my first therapist when I was 14 years old. So now I'm 24. So it's been quite a while. Um, but you know, I, I would say the number one thing that I do that always is guaranteed to help me. And my body knows that is breath work. That's something in my twenties I've come to really love. It's, you know, right when I wake up, I do it in the morning and I do it at nighttime and anytime, sometimes I have to do it, you know, like six times a day, but just throughout the day, if I feel like, um, you know, I kind of feel out of my body, I just feel like I'm on autopilot. I don't really feel grounded in the present moment anymore. I pause, you know, put away my cell phone, just take a breath and I'll go like lie down on the floor or if I'm on a flight or in an office or if I can't lie down, I'll excuse myself, go to the restroom or I'll just start focusing on my breath and really slowing it down. But for me doing breath work, it's just, it always helps. It, it literally, I feel like, you know, my thoughts, if I'm like, what if, what if, what if, if my mind kind of gets really, really too far out. And then I don't even feel like, you know, I'm in the present moment anymore, but then bringing it back, I'm like, Oh wait, I, you know, I don't need to be worrying about what's going to happen next Christmas or things that my mind is like, Oh my God. It's like, that that's a choice so i have to remember that getting anxious is a choice even for people like me where it's hereditary the anxiety the depression it runs in your family it's always a choice how you deal with it and how you cope with it and how you let it affect your life i think that's unbelievable to hear from somebody who has struggled so much with it because i believe that as well it is a choice and it's all about your thoughts I think one thing that most, so many people struggle with is that they realize they have this and they just accept that like this is their fate and, and this is the way it's going to be and, and it's almost not a choice, this is just the way, this is just the way I was born and, and I can't control it but you have been able to control those thoughts, not sort of making it disappear, I'm sure you still struggle with it, I still struggle with it millions of people still struggle with it but you've learned to use the power of your mind to actually control those thoughts and those feelings and, yes. and maybe let them let them come and go how do you do that is it is it is it allowing them to come and go or is it 
realizing that they've entered your head and now it's like, I'm going to get rid of it immediately. Yeah. Okay. So I have two really great tactics that I use. So one, I like to, and I mean, I feel like if someone, if like a surgeon were to like open up my mind, I feel like they would be like, what the actual heck is going on in this girl's brain? She's insane. But for me, number one thing I love to do is anytime I feel like, you know, I'm, I like, I like to imagine my mind is like when you're walking your dog at nighttime, when you get home from work in the morning before work, when you're walking your dog on the leash and you can feel, you know, when you're in control and the dog is listening to you, but you can also start to feel when the dog is wanting to, you know, run off there's a squirrel, there's another dog. Our minds are like that dog on a leash. We have to remember we are the owner. We are the only person creating what's going on. There, you know, there's no hidden monster. There's no, you know, puppet strings. It's just us. So I like to just visualize, wait, my mind is a dog on a leash. So it's actually going to be more productive for me to, you know, pull it back in and take control. So one other thing I love to do is... I love to kind of create my reality by literally from the moment I wake up to when I go to bed, I constantly have an inner dialogue of, oh my gosh, I'm about to feel so, I keep on saying that and it sounds insane, but I promise you, if you walk around in your mind saying in five seconds, I'm about to feel the most amazing magical feeling I have ever felt. If you start saying that, Guess, Guess what? what? Your, your mind is going to go, okay, da, 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 da. and then your body's going to start feeling that way. But that goes to show how powerful our minds are because then your body is going to start. So start tricking your mind. Just start saying like, oh my gosh, I'm going to feel like literally I won the lottery in five, like start just, yeah. When you start saying those things and in five minutes, I'm going to feel amazing. I'm going to feel happy. I'm going to feel the best I've ever felt. You, you literally will. will. So it's, it's important, you know, our thoughts matter. So start telling yourself, you're going to feel amazing. You're going to feel all this clarity and all the, you know, answers you've ever wanted because it will happen. So I feel like when we tell ourselves, you know what, today's going to be the best, most productive, most helpful, like I'm going to get so much done and I'm going to feel so proud and it's going to be so easy. Guess what? Then it actually is. It, that's what happens. I love it. You know, so I think it's just um, kind of creating your reality in the sense where you speak things and how you want something to go. That's what happens. And when you start to realize that that is possible and you actually can use your brain is a muscle that it can be trained and not something that is set in its ways. I think exactly. that is absolutely fascinating. Um, I put something on Instagram the other day about that. I was like, why is it considered more detrimental the way we talk about other people than it is the way we talk about ourselves? And right. so I want to touch a little bit on that because you talked, you talked about how you, you're telling yourself, in five seconds I'm going to feel this way. I have been told to write something called a sell myself to myself talk that I have in my wallet that I read every day that is like, Billy, you're an important person. You, you believe big, you dream big, Billy, you can inspire people, so go and do that. In terms of the positive self-talk versus the positive self-think, what do you believe in terms of voicing versus thinking? Do you think those two are, are connected? That's a great question. I think, honestly, 
you know, I think they're kind of one in the same. I think the way that we talk to ourselves is, you know, like the way we would talk about someone else, like, oh, she's the nicest, you know, prettiest, most kind person. If we speak that way, oh, I am, you know, the most kind, nicest, prettiest person ever. And then the way that we think, we want to make sure that our thoughts are also positive and helpful and productive because, you know, like our minds are literally just waiting for instructions. Like I imagine my mind is like a factory and it's just waiting for the next, you know, input of orders. And if you don't give your mind orders and if you don't tell your mind what to do and we're going to feel amazing in five seconds and we're going to feel like the happiest, we're going to jump up and down, we're going to feel so... Your, your mind, mind is going to think of other things to do and kind of wander to the past or the future. Yeah. You want to like, <laughs> you know, you tell your mind what to do. Like you are in control. And I mean, I remember when I was in high school specifically, my anxiety was so bad because at that age, I hadn't learned yet that, oh, wait, I'm doing this to myself because you know, you know I'm, I'm anticipating I'm going to feel like crap at 11 a.m. So then 11 a.m. comes around and because I said that, my stomach starts churning and I start feeling like I have the flu because words have power and thoughts have power. So I think ultimately you've mastered life when you realize that you are the full-blown creator of your reality. And I think the most successful, you know, financially, whatever we view success as, I think the most successful people in the world are the ones who have realized and fully taken responsibility for how they feel every day and for what they accomplish. And they aren't the, oh, you know, why me, poor me, but I come from this kind of family with this kind of money. Those people won't be successful in life. It's the ones that look for the blessings and focus on what they can control. It's funny because I speak to a lot of people who I consider sort of mentors to me. And, yeah. and the biggest thing I'm learning from those people that, have, that I speak to is that they're, they're, they're either bosses or they've, they've worked with people or they've been around people. And they say, I don't, I don't judge people or I don't decide how people are going to be and how their character is based on when they win, but rather how they act when they lose. And I think that's fascinating because the most successful people, like you said, are able to separate circumstance from mindset. And, exactly. And I think 99.9% of the world gets so wrapped up in, if this happens, I'm going to feel this way. And if this happens, I'm going to feel this way. Why can't you just feel this way, regardless of whether this is happening or this is happening, and understand that things just come and go and events happen in your life? And so I want to go back a little bit to breath work because you spoke about breath work. It's fascinating for you. You love it. Do you believe breathwork is something that works for everybody or are there other things as well that you maybe feel could be a great alternative or something that could in fact work just as well? Yeah, so I I personally, I love breathwork and I, I've been doing it for, I would say almost two years. The first class I ever did was back in Los Angeles in Santa Monica. Um, there was a yoga studio called Be Crystal Clear and it was you know, you know also, also kind of a crystal shop and a spiritual metaphysical, metaphysical you know store yeah. and it was just they had these um a sound bath where have you ever taken a sound bath i have not no i'm, I'm fascinated by it though they're amazing they're these kind of hour-long sessions where you lie on a yoga mat and 
you just, you know, someone is like playing crystal bowls and just the sounds, it's very soothing and it puts you in this very deep relaxation state where it, it triggers, you know, the feeling right before you fall asleep, how relaxed you are. You feel like you're awake, but not really. And it triggers that like those um, theta waves or something in your brain. And so my first breath work class I just remember feeling like, oh my gosh, this is insane how I'm feeling. Like I, it's just crazy because breath work means different things to different people. And for me, the type of breath work that I learned was you lie on a yoga mat and then you close your eyes and you, it's kind of like a three part series. You push up your stomach and you inhale air. Like you push out your belly, like you're a kid or something. And then you bring the air up to your shoulders and chest and then you exhale it all out so it's like and then you just do that over and over and over again for about um you know like an 45 minutes and it feels so long but when you start doing it when you hit about 10 minutes you're gonna notice that your body gets that pins and needles feeling all over yeah and some people can find it uncomfortable so i think it's important just to do what makes you feel good um you know some people love alternate nostril breathing where you inhale hold it at their nostril and then you kind of just it balances the left and right side of your brain um there's different styles but i personally love the lying on a yoga mat and doing that and it's just so good it's good for your you know red blood cells it reoxygenates them and it helps you know the mind and coming back to the present moment um but besides breath work i think just meditation is amazing and whether, you know, for you, meditating is going on a hike in nature or it's lying on a yoga mat, you know, listening to um, Headspace or like a YouTube five minute guided meditation. I also think, um, you know, just kind of grounding yourself. This is a really great tip. It's called the five senses. So if you ever feel really anxious or uncomfortable and let's say you're in the middle of a work meeting or like you can't get up, you can't talk and you're just like, uh, uh, you feel trapped or you're on an airplane or something. It's really powerful to start listing in your mind physical things that you can see and smell and hear. So using your five senses, what you can you see, can you hear, can you smell, can you taste, can you feel? You know, so I could say I see a white wall, like start listing facts and actual things around you um, because, you know, anxiety, it tends to be a liar and it tends to blow things out of proportion and it tends to just, you know, maximize the worst possible case scenario, which almost never happens. But grounding yourself and listing things that are actually around you. And, and you know, know what, what day it is today, today what time it is, what your name is, that can really help kind of, you know, clear, like get a full picture. <laughs> no, those trainings and the way to, to deal with that, I think is one of the yes. most fundamental forms of coping with anxiety. Because for someone speaking from yes. a sort of selfish or personal standpoint, and, and you I'm sure can relate to this as well, when you're going through it, and I was the type who'd have like the shaking sort of anxiety where you mm. you end up having to go to the hospital. You feel like because you can't control it, and this is controlling you, you feel like you're yeah. almost dying. You can't breathe, yes. you can't move, you can't do anything. And people don't understand that like for someone who lets this control them, how badly that can get. 
you know and so and so i want to i want to really touch on what i was fascinated by what you just said before about meditation meditation is comes in so many different forms and i think it is so often misunderstood that people associate meditation with like headspace you have to sit down you have to close your eyes yes exactly and for someone like myself who who has sort of big dreams and has a lot of things going on it's really hard to just sit still especially in the middle of the day stop i'm interrupting my own podcast to talk directly to you what do you care about what is your deepest passion in this world that is what you need to be doing consistently so now that you know that how can we align your content with those goals so you can build a personal brand that sells that's everything we touch on in my eight-week personal branding accelerator i'm opening up my next 50 spots as we speak so dm me on instagram at billy garton jr and we'll hop on a quick 10 minute phone call to see if you're a good fit now back to the episode I thought it was really cool when you were talking about meditation and the fact that meditation comes in all forms. And and I think that's something that people don't understand is that like, you don't have to just sit down, put on headspace and close your eyes. And for someone like me, that didn't, that just doesn't work because I've got a lot of things going on. My mind wanders very easily. And so what I found that works really well for me is with an Apple watch that tracks your heart rate, you can sit and watch your heart rate change. And so I found that really good to just sit there, focus on your heart rate and watch as that as that changes but i i like that the way you talked about that and maybe if you could touch a little bit more on that that meditation isn't just sitting still it comes in so many different forms yes and i think that's something that's really important for everyone to just remember it's that it comes in different ways and it looks different for everyone so i think it's just finding what resonates with you and right not judging yourself for, you know, oh, maybe I love driving in my car on a Sunday, you know, and rolling down the windows and listening to my favorite music. It's, I think it can, you know, you can meditate with your eyes open. Like you can, you know, it's just doing what makes you feel good. And I believe that it's just boosting your vibration and raising your mood and shifting your energy. And yeah, I think it's important, you know, just to honor what, your body is kind of gravitating towards. And I really love just also, you know, just really for me sitting on a yoga mat in silence at the Mm -hmm. end of a day that to me helps me wind down my day, but then Mm -hmm. to start my day, it's like two different things. So I think it's important to have kind of like a morning routine where it's, you know, energizing and then like a nighttime routine where you feel like you're winding down and kind of calming yourself down. 100%. And I think what you said there about having something that you actually enjoy doing is so, so important because meditation for so many people can feel like a chore if it's being Mm. like forced upon you but for you you found obviously a nightly routine I don't maybe you can touch on your morning routine I'd actually like to hear that but your nightly routine in terms of laying on a yoga mat works really well for you what is this morning routine that you that you found so useful yes so my morning routine it's like literally a mile long so first I wake up at about 6 a.m. every single day, Monday through Friday. Weekends, I'm still an early riser naturally, so I sleep in till like 8 a.m. on the weekends. Right. But Monday through Friday, 6 a.m., I wake up, and the moment I wake up, I think, or sometimes I have to force myself, I think of three things I am really grateful for. So right now, it would be this new apartment in Nashville. It would be my career taking off. It would be 
um, you know, my family, everyone is healthy and well during this crazy, scary time. But for me, it's listing three things I'm grateful for. And then I like to lie on a yoga mat and I really, you know, I don't look at my phone or emails. It, to me, that's just not going to start my day on a good foot. So I lie on a yoga mat and I love to just do that deep belly breathing that I was mentioning earlier, where it's, you push out your stomach, but you're inhaling air and then you push it up to your chest and then you exhale it all out. So it's like a little three-part series and I do that for about 20 to 30 minutes and that really clears my mind. And I feel like I am doing myself a favor by starting my day on a blank slate. And to me, I think one of the most important things in life is giving yourself the gift, like the keys to the car. You're giving yourself the gift of just releasing what no longer serves you and really understanding that every single person on this planet deserves to start every single day. Like it's a brand new, like a whole fresh start. And I'm not saying, you know, that's an excuse to go treat people horribly or to, you know, um, you know, be condescending or just to be this, but I think it's just giving yourself the gift of not carrying heavy burdens anymore. And it's just very powerful. So after I do my breath work, I then go to my fridge and I drink three like this size, like tall bottles. Wow. (laughs) Three of those. It's warm, lukewarm water with lemon and honey. And it's just warm and I drink it. Three of those. Three full ones of those every day. Wow. Yes. I I get very thirsty. And as a speaker, (laughs) I speak so much with my podcasts and everything and videos and interviews. 100% that I have to keep my throat like nice and slick. And for singers, everyone knows this too. Cold water is actually horrible for your throat. Yeah. Something about it, it actually shrinks down your lymph nodes and your vocal cords and it's so bad for your everything. So lukewarm water, not hot, but not cold, but in the middle. Yeah. Um, it's really, really, really good for you. And so I drink literally this tall, three of wow. those. And then I have a juicer. Um, I make homemade celery juice. And yes, I know celery juice every single morning. So basically on a Sunday, I will make a bunch of mason jars, fill up like six or five for the whole week so I can have it pre-made ready to grab in the fridge. And celery juice, it's really big right now, but basically it's so healthy for you. It detoxifies your liver it cleanses all of your organs. It's so good for your skin. And it kind of acts as a coffee where it's like a natural diuretic. And it's just so good for you. So I like to drink that on an empty stomach, wait about 30 minutes. And then I have my breakfast and then I'll work out. And then after I'm done working out, it's like 8.30am, almost nine. Um, And then I check my phone and my emails and start doing that. But I will tell you, Billy, like I notice such a difference in my day when I start my day, you know, just scrolling and then you kind of feel like not good enough or you missed out on something and you start 150% versus, you know, starting in a way that fills up your cup. Like it's like black and white. It's so different. Here's the thing though. It's not as easy for a lot of people to just not look at their phone. And so I what I want to figure out from you, because anxiety, again, 
comes in so many forms and one yes. of those forms is anticipatory anxiety before you pick this up before you pick yes. your phone up yes. I've had that before because when your job revolves a lot around networking and around digital marketing yeah. and personal branding this basically controls your entire income your life and everything about it and so are there techniques that you've used maybe turn I don't know whether you turn your notifications off maybe you don't sleep with your phone next to your bed I don't know what it is but yeah. how do you just avoid avoid picking it up when it's when it's right there so I would say my thing that I do every night and this is something good to make myself get up in the morning I will leave my phone I'll turn it fully off not just on airplane mode or silent but fully off I'll set an alarm for 6 a.m and I will keep it charging in my kitchen so when I wake up I can hear it going off so I have to get up to the kitchen turn it off and then I'm like oh I'm already up so I might as well because I think we live in a generation where social media is huge and people are addicted to their cell phones and their iPads, tablets, everything. So it's just important to remember that, you know, it's, we are not our cell phones. Like there should, there should be boundaries and it's healthy and it's really good to establish, you know, it's like, it's like a relationship. You're dating someone you want to say like, okay, I love you, but I need my me time. And it's really important to just get in a habit of, you know, turning your phone fully off, charging it by your bedside or in another room. And I think, and you know, like I said, this doesn't have to happen overnight, but slowly finding other things that can, you know, kind of take that place, maybe listening to a podcast, um, an audio book, or just, literally dancing around your room to music doing a quick little some push-ups yeah you know something just to kind of take that place because I mean besides the blue light and all that stuff messing up your natural melatonin levels in your brain you know staring at your screen right before you go to bed it's just not good for you physically mentally but um I totally have my moments too, where I, you know, want to watch a movie and it's okay too. Like you don't have to punish yourself and like, you know, sit and feel like you're in a prison cell, but it's just good, you know, to get in the habit of, um, reading before bed or finding some going on a walk at night. Yeah. Detaching. I think that's, uh, maybe we can touch a little bit then on more on the social media side of things, because it's such a, it's so fascinating to me that it's almost like a divide at the moment with within yes. within society that yes. you have the Gary V's and the Grant Cardones and those people yeah. who are talking about how social media is the best thing that's yeah. ever happened, which I also believe. I believe it's fascinating and unbelievable that you can sit on your couch or in your bed and, and create a life from your phone. I think that's mm-hmm. one of the most unbelievable revolutionary things that's ever happened in this society. But yeah. then there's the other end of the spectrum, like you said, where it can cause these mental health issues and it can cause... Uh, tiredness and and fatigue and and obviously anxiety as well and so where do you find that balance for someone like myself and yourself where your job virtually revolves around it where do you find that balance when it's like 9 a.m I really should be on my phone doing this and I should be really doing it for work throughout the rest of the day yes where's that balance well you know I think it's just kind of mapping out every day as you go and what your week looks like. So, you know, of course, being an entrepreneur, you know, being a millennial in today's world, every day does not look the same. So 
an example, you know, like tomorrow I have a huge, um, you know, press release coming out in the media. And so all day today, that was my main focus. And I didn't really get to have a morning routine because mm -hmm. that was, you know, priority number one. And from 7am till literally two hours ago, I was just, I had to be on my phone. Yeah. I had to answer emails right away and send pictures and edit things to be able to post it tomorrow. Yeah. So I think it's just adapting to every day as it comes, but to also, I think every single person, regardless of your job or where you live, I think everyone can say they can take five to 10 minutes right when you wake up. If you just sit in the dark in silence and just do deep breathing for five minutes, I, that still counts in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I think it's just literally having some sort of a, um, you know, some sort of like barrier or some sort of thing, you know, right when you wake up, your mind is still coming to and kind of just getting back in your body before jumping, you know, into today's tasks yeah. and errands, just having some sort of like, you know, little transition time I think it's important. Um, so I think, you know, if you literally just have five minutes, if you have one minute, 30 seconds, close your eyes, put a hand on your heart, just do some deep breaths or use an essential oil and rub it on your wrist and smell that. Um, or go outside on your porch, on your street, smell some fresh air, roll down a window. I think just literally doing whatever you can, wherever you can. Yeah. No, I think that's really cool. Hey there, Young Aspirers. I wanted to take a break here and just talk to you about how I started my podcast. So starting a podcast can be quite daunting. You got to figure out camera equipment. You got to figure out sound, microphone, background, lighting, and that could be hard to think of. But when I found Blossom Media Studio, they made it so easy for me to just focus on what I actually care about, which is speaking to my guests on a weekly basis. Everything from pre to post-production gets taken care of. All I have to do is do what I enjoy, show up and record. So big thanks to Blossom Media Studio. Now let's get back to the episode. I think I want to pivot a little bit, Megan, into the yeah. the things you were talking about, about obviously before about anxiety being a little bit of a choice and also yes. it reflects in, in everything you do. Sleep, yeah. I'm fascinated by sleep, I'm fascinated by diet and yeah. I'm fascinated by the people you surround yourself with. All three of these helping shape that reality. How? What would you say to somebody who is looking or feeling anxious about sleep? What would you say about mm. the importance of, of dietary? What would you say about the importance of those people that are in your close knit group? Maybe touch on sleep and diet first, because those sort of go hand in hand. Yeah, well, I would say if you feel anxious about sleep or you feel that you aren't getting enough sleep and it's affecting your work life, your performance, how you show up as a wife, a father, a mother, you know, sister, brother, um, I would say it's called your sleep hygiene, you know, make sure it's really clean. So really getting to the root of what the actual dilemma is. And, you know, maybe it's you're in a new time zone. Maybe, you know, it can really be as simple as, you know, just your body needs the room to be darker or yeah. the air temperature could be colder. It really is as simple as that. Yeah. And, um, you know, just really making sure that you're not staring at your phone before you go to bed and kind of figuring out what's making you feel more anxious and really noticing how things make you feel. Yeah. Um, 
And I would say, you know, just going to bed and kind of prepping yourself for winding down at least if you can around like seven or 8 PM and just really making time for that. Um, sleep is super important. And I honestly, I feel very lucky. I sleep like a baby. Like I, the moment my, like I could sleep through a concert, I can sleep on a plane. Like I, it's crazy. I'm a really deep sleeper. And so the moment I close my eyes, I'm out and I get a solid eight and a half hours every night. And I really, really, really value my sleep because I've realized, you know, I started my business when I was 19 and I'm 24 now. And a lot of people ask me, you know, Megan, how, how do you have so much time and how do you get all of these things done? You're a writer, you're a blogger, you're a podcast host, you're a TV host, you are a motivational speaker. Like you work with teens. That's a lot. So how do you, and I tell them it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So You know, to me in the very beginning, I was friends with a lot of people who were, you know, get three hours of sleep, chug Red Bull, (laughs) who cares? And I'm like, I'm going to outwin you guys because I, I don't care if you call me a grandma, you know, I, I go to bed at like 8, 39 PM every night. And it really, that's one of the keys to my longevity is just (laughs) taking care of your body and then your body will take care of you. And it really, um, you know, it does pay off. And some people they only need five hours of sleep. Some people need 10 hours of sleep. So it's just listening to your body. And there's also on YouTube, um, there's a lot of really, really, really great guided meditations for sleep and for um, kind of relaxation and kind of getting, you know, checking in with your body at the end of the day. But um, I think, you know, we as a society, it's very fast paced in 2020. And I think, you know, it's just important to like, just fill up your cup and to take care of yourself because you like, we both know being an entrepreneur, it's very time consuming and we're so passionate about it. So you pour your heart and your soul and every ounce of it into it. Mm -hmm. So it's just important, you know, to know when it's time to turn off the phone or time for family time or time for you and your loved ones um, or your romantic relationship. It's just important to like, I, I hate it when people are like work life balance because I'm like, that doesn't exist. But (laughs) I think it's just intuitively listening to your body and knowing when okay, no, for sure. You know, I've been on my phone for three hours and I like, I'm getting a headache or I just, I'm scrolling. I want to go do something productive. Um, but yeah, you know, also for sleep, there's a really great, there's apps like on the iPhone and there's apps for tracking your sleep and your sleep cycle. Yeah. No, I think that's, it's funny the way you're saying about sleep because it's people are asking you about how you get all these things done. And when you think about it, it's like, I'm getting all of these things done by working less because I'm prioritizing sleep. But it's funny the way it's funny when you think about it like that, but I preach this on my social media as well. I, with everybody, all the people that I consult with and coach, I say it's not about the amount of hours, but rather the efficiency Mm. with the hours you have. And the way that you create that efficiency is by giving yourself every possible chance to be in the right mind frame when you're working and the mm-hmm. funny thing that you were saying before about health, diet, sleep, all of that, that contributes to the efficiency. 
And so when you're saying about work-life balance, I don't see it as work-life balance. I see it as I want to work as much as possible in being the best mind frame possible. So everything yes. else is not life. Everything else is giving myself more chance to work better. Exactly. You know? And I think that's I think that's really really cool. And so credit to you there. A little bit on the on the diet thing. I've I've yes. I've been curious about veganism, pescatarianism, oh. all that sort of stuff. I've explored oh my gosh. a little yeah. bit of that. Um, what's yeah. your diet regime? What do you, how do you see that relate to everything else that goes on in your life? Oh my gosh. Well, I would say I am probably the most self-care person ever. So, you know, I think um, like some of my personal heroes are people like Tony Robbins. And, you know, if you look at any interview he does, he always talks about his healthy lifestyle and he has been eating plant-based for 30 years. And first of all, he looks incredible for his age, but he also has the energy to speak for 10 hours straight, you know what I mean? On stage 100%. and he's 60 years old, which is so impressive and incredible and remarkable. So I think it's the same thing as when you put gas in your car, you're fueling it up. What we eat, everything comes into play. So for me, it's been like, I started doing this diet when I was 20 years old because I had some, a little bit of a health issue, but right. I have been no alcohol, no caffeine, no red meat, no pork, no chicken, no meat at all. Um, just fish, no dairy, no gluten, no wheat, no soy products. So for four and a half years, it's oh been that way. <laughs> word. No Which caffeine. People, no caffeine. Sticks out. No meat. No. <laughs> How hard is it to find a diet to actually eat? Well, so for me, you know, it's been this journey of finding really, really, really awesome plant-based foods that are so good tasting. So for me, it's been really fun to find these amazing brands that now I'm partnering with on social media, yeah. um, like Kite Hill and Daya and Pacific Foods and Justin's and all these amazing brands and yeah. Bob's. Um, and it's just, it's really powerful because for me, I do notice such a difference in my body. And I don't even remember the last time I've had fast food or anything, but for me to keep this energy level and to keep going, I have to continuously be eating healthy, getting enough sleep, exercise. I get, you know, massages regularly. I get IV drips filled with all the vitamins. I love that. Yeah. Um, just all the time because it takes a lot of energy to speak and to Absolutely. motivate people. It's a very, you know, it's a very giving job. So I, you know, I'm also extremely motivated just by myself, but it really, I have to do, you know, taking a, um, Epsom salt bath. I really have to do those things yeah. every single day in order to keep up and to keep and going. Keep um, doing, yeah. but yes, the healthy food, I really enjoy it. I would not be eating healthy if I didn't enjoy it. Um, I, I grew up thankfully in a household where from the day I was born, my mom, was just feeding my family the most organic, you know, farm grass fed, really healthy food. And I do know that for a lot of people financially it's expensive and they can't afford it, but there are ways, you know, to just be healthier and yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't have to be, you know, Oh, I'm going to, you know, shop at whole foods and, it, you mm -hmm. know, spend like $500 on a 
Apple, but <laughs> you know, just doing it in the tiny ways that you yeah. can. If that's maybe instead of getting French fries at McDonald's, you make them at home with, you know, coconut oil yeah. or avocado oil, just like the little things that you can do every single day, they really add up. And, you know, I think like, I want to live a long, healthy life. And to me, when you do, when you help your body by drinking, you know, warm water with lemon and cutting back on alcohol and, you know, just getting enough sleep and really watching what you eat. Of course, you know, live your life, have fun, but just being mindful of what you're eating on a daily basis, you will see the results. And for me, my diet, it's insane because like, you know, I never get bloated anymore and I can eat pasta, but it's, you know, gluten-free and it's made from corn and quinoa and I never get bloated and my skin has cleared up and it's just, it really shows you though that our bodies are so smart because when we eat something, our bodies will tell us right away if it, it likes it, it. you know? Good. Yes, exactly. By um, having a headache or a stomach ache or, so it's important to listen to your body and to start really thinking, oh wait, you know, what I'm eating, my body will tell me and kind of show me in a sense yeah. if it enjoys it. Um, and your food should always be making you feel high energy and, you know, more like energized and motivated. If your food is making you feel tired, lethargic, like you want to take a nap, like you feel depressed, you got to make a change. (laughs) No, well, it's that saying that most people associate food with how it tastes in their mouth and not how it tastes to their body. But if you can switch that around and focus on what am I putting in here that is going to, how will this affect my body? I exactly. think that's that's fascinating to think about. Yes. I want to yeah. go into briefly before we close this out here, Megan, I want to touch on public speaking. Mm-hmm. For somebody who, like myself, who has dreams and aspirations to inspire over a billion people to, to live their ideal life, who's starting yeah. to get a little bit into the public speaking world, you are the manifesto of that. You've become this life transformation <laughs> coach, this mental health advocate, a TEDx mm-hmm. talker. How do you get into that world? Where did it all start? And the, talk about a little bit about the confidence to actually do that on a consistent yeah. basis in front of all these people. Well, so for me, my um, my love of being on stage, it really started when I was in, you know, even elementary school. I loved being in the school plays and I loved just performing on stage. And I will never forget <laughs> you know, like my first memory of being on stage, it was um, fourth grade. So I was eight, nine years old. And the school play was the Wizard of Oz. And I had this role as like, you know, (laughs) one of the crazy monkeys or something. And (laughs) I mean, you know, I had no lines, but I just will never forget. And this is where I think it's powerful, because I know that my brain when it comes to public speaking and being on stage and performing and hosting and speaking in front of other people, my mind has a positive, you know, memory associated with it. Because when I was nine years old, I remember, you know, being in this wizard of Oz play. And I remember looking out at the crowd and seeing my grandma and my parents just, you know, clapping and they were so happy and smiling. So Mm -hmm. in that moment, my brain made a connection like, Oh, Oh, this is a good thing. Like I'm good at, I'm good at this. They are, uh, this is me. They're applauding me. So 
that really helped me because all throughout middle school, high school, I was always in the drama acting classes and just, I literally loved it. And I, you know, it's funny because a lot of people kind of ask me, they're like, well, Megan, you know, you, you have such, you have so much anxiety yet, you know, you don't have a fear of public speaking. Like, how does that work? Because, (laughs) you know, fear of public speaking is like, the number one fear in the world. Yeah. So I just, you know, I'll say honestly, for me, I think everyone has that place where they kind of escape. For some people, it's yeah. dancing, it's writing. They just start channeling, you know, and they kind of reading a book or maybe going on a skateboard yeah. or going surfing. Everyone has that place where you just, you know, time doesn't exist well, and you just feel like you're connecting to your higher self and all your worries just melt away. For me, that's being on stage. That's performing, speaking, memorizing things. And I just, I thrive off of it. So for me, that's my place where I can literally just tune out the rest of the world. And I know, I, I mean, yes, I get a little bit nervous before, like I'll get the butterflies, yeah. but I, it's just Once you're every going, sing- you're going. Yeah. Right? Every single time, like clockwork, you know, even like now speaking on the podcast, I can tell when I start like channeling all these ideas and I kind of just, you know, the words come out, but then I like my Ted talk, I don't remember doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Like I remember saying, I remember going up on stage and the moment the words started coming out, I just blacked out. And then all I remember is at the end saying, and one thing I want to leave you all with today is be the hero of your own story. And yeah. then I said, thank you. And I was like, <gasps> I like came back came into my back. body and I'm like, what just happened? And then, but I, to me, it's just, it happens. So I trust it and my body knows what to do and my body knows what's going on. But yeah. um, I think public speaking, you know, the way I got started is I did two years of community college after high school. I did not like it. So I left and then I really, you know, just made it happen. I made a YouTube channel. I did Toastmasters, the public speaking, practicing, you know, meetings. I spoke every YMCA boys and girls club, any type of thing I would speak for free. I just, you know, middle school, high school, summer camp, um, the people I babysat for, I just made it happen. And I literally would just go and speak and, I just kept on, you know, making it happen. My friends would record me on my iPhone and then I would post it to my YouTube channel. And like, you can see in my YouTube videos, the first one I posted, it's so bad. Like you can see (laughs) the progression from like, you know, technology, but I just made it happen, you know? And then slowly I got the first Ted talk and then I got my second one. I started writing books um did you get that ted talk by did you reach out to people to get that ted talk or did they come to you so they i contacted them and that's a funny story because that actually took um two years of every single day i would send in six applications online every single day and for two years i did not give up (laughs) wow i was like i want this i was like i want this so badly and i just would send it to you know, a different TEDx, maybe one in New York, maybe one in, um, you know, Russia, maybe one in Los Angeles, any, any city I kept on applying until two years later, there was one in, um, outside of Los Angeles at a high school. 
And they said, we have a speaker who got sick. So do you want to take his spot? And I was like, ah. That's unbelievable. <laughs> yes. So I contacted them, but, you know, I just would honestly say, just make it happen. I mean, I was raised in a household where my mom, my dad too, but my mom, especially she's super tough. And she was like, Megan, if you want this, go make it happen yourself. Do, do not wait for people to give you the green light or to give you the, okay, you know, in your heart, it's what you want to do. Give yourself that green light, go make it happen. Just like, she would just say, just start, you know, don't, don't worry about, Oh my gosh. Like she's like, we'll support you financially in the beginning, Mm -hmm. but just go make it happen. And then like, I never would have guessed, you know, four and a half years later, like I am literally making six figures and like, you know, it's crazy. Like I have books and I have a book deal in the works and I'm on TV and all the, like fully it's I never would have guessed Mm. ever in a million years that anything like this would happen but for anyone who does want to get into public speaking I think the best thing to do is just start make a YouTube channel go to Toastmasters you know really practice your speaking skills you can also network at those meetings because you never know who you're going to meet Um, and I would say go to as many, I mean, right now they may be virtual, but go to, you know, motivational seminars, go to Tony Robbins, go to Rachel Hollis, go to Gary V, go to Grant Cardone, go see, you know, those people and network with people you're sitting next to and in the crowds. And I don't know, just like, yeah, just make it happen. And I think just momentum and knowing that you can achieve anything is incredible um but yeah i just just literally just make it happen because i think a lot of people worry too much about like they worry so much that they actually don't even like you know make that make that jump they don't get started right so i think just do it and don't worry about the outcome but um yeah like throw yourself in at the deep end right and go for it yes throw yourself in if it's what you're really passionate about um And I like, I'm a believer. I think literally anything is possible. And I think one of my favorite quotes is something my grandpa used to tell me. He used to say, Megan, anything can happen anytime. So when you start believing that, you know, like you're on the sidewalk, you're sitting in a Starbucks, you're at your gym, start believing in, oh my gosh, what if, you know, that person knows Tony Robbins and I'm one conversation away from, you know, start, start imagining like how fun that is and how exciting that is that literally you never know who knows who because then your attitude will go into like oh my gosh every opportunity is a blessing which will you know it's super helpful i'm smiling so much megan right now because i feel like you and i are so similar and it's crazy you were talking about your mom and and what she preached and what she taught you my mom's a business owner who taught me the same thing i went to college left after two years because i hated it dove straight into <laughs> dove straight into entrepreneurship it's mad the things that you're saying and that's why I'm smiling so much because it's like everything you're preaching Aww. is everything I've been taught and everything that yeah. I believe as well and so it's really yeah. cool to to have these yeah. visions that are aligned and and to everybody who's listening I think there's one common thing that that we're really finding here that regardless of everything money aspirations passion diet anything your mind shapes everything in its power regardless of whether you have this hereditary anxiety 
like Megan struggled mm-hmm. with, like I've had as well, that everything can be controlled through the power of your mind. And so yes. Megan, before we close it out, thank you so much, first of all. Secondly, where can people find you? Thank you so much, Billy. This was so much fun. And I mean, I could talk for like hours as anyone would know. Um, so everyone can find me. So I have my website. It is meganwgallagher.com. And I can spell it out. <laughs> M-E-G-A-N-W Gallagher, just like the show Shameless, just like the singer in Oasis, G-A-L-L-A-G-H-E-R.com. Um, and then so that Megan W. Gallagher, it's my username on Instagram. It's my Twitter username. And then I have Facebook. I have a YouTube channel. I have LinkedIn. I have um, a podcast, li- literally everything podcast. Yes. Reaching new heights. And then I have my on my website too, MeganWGallagher.com. It's also where I have all of my contact information, my pricing for, you know, um, coaching and counseling teenagers and working with them. If you are a parent, a school counselor, a nurse, a guardian, someone who knows teenagers, or you work at a school, if you want me to talk, I am currently doing virtual sessions over Zoom, so message me. Um, And I have my blog. I write a blog every Sunday. I have my books for sale. I have my TED Talk. I have um, (laughs) a lot of fun projects in the works, too. I have... um, something tomorrow actually i can talk about it now but for a while i couldn't um tomorrow i am launching a wellness series with a sports illustrated swimsuit cover model um her name is kate bach she is also dating the nba player kevin love who's yeah who's a huge mental health advocate so we've been working on this for quite some time um, but tomorrow we're going to be featured in People Magazine. So I'm very wow, excited. Congratulations. Yes. So it's all about, you know, September being Suicide Awareness Month. And we're raising awareness for mental health by starting our own honest conversations. Um, so I'm very, very, very excited. But wow, I'm that's you know, most importantly pumped up to help other people. All of this and she still gets eight and a half hours sleep every night. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. (laughs) I swear too. Like when people meet me, they think I'm insane because I have so much energy. And by the way, like this is how I am in real life. Like some people literally are like, is this just like, you know, an internet personality? And I'm like, no, it's not. If I tell people, if you ever see me in real life at an airport, at a grocery store, you will see me like, (laughs) dancing down the aisle or doing something <laughs> weird because this is who I am well, and like I believe it I you know I'm just pum- I'm pumped up on life um but yes so very 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 excited and like I said you know I do get my sleep and I'm a healthy sane normal person but I just am a very um extrovert very I love that passionate person <laughs> phenomenal no that's absolutely brilliant and megan i've loved every minute of having you on here we'll have Thank to have you. you on again we've had an unbelievable conversation to everybody else you know what to do within a week guys we hit the top 100 charts in business in england phenomenal i just found out we're number 32 in portugal what? in entrepreneurship which is madness so you know what we're doing we're on the we're on the journey we're manifesting top 25 in entrepreneurship in the u.s that's the goal We cannot do it without your guys' support. Continue subscribing, continue leaving reviews, and give me a follow on Billy Garton Jr. on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn, everything, you name it. Guys, thank you so much. Another great episode. 
We'll be back next Monday. See you soon. <laughs>